You know, delivering excellence is more than just 18 wheels moving products around the country. Trucking is complex, and its people are passionate. Accommodating a diverse driving workforce, ever-changing regulations, supply chain demands, and new technologies all present their own challenges, but in trucking, the creative and the innovative succeed. Let's understand the people that drive and support the trucking industry, and welcome to Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cab. This is your host, Tim Krolski, and today I've got a pretty serious and important issue to discuss. Um, As many of you may know, in the month of January, since uh, about 2010, Uh, the president declared National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And as a part of that program, we are so honored to have with us a very special guest, uh, Candace Paris from uh, Truckers Against Trafficking. She is the executive director. Candace, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It's good to be here, Tim. Thanks for having me. Candace, can we just get started? I just wanted to, obviously, we want to talk a lot about Truckers Against Trafficking. um, But could you give us just a kind of a brief, brief synopsis of, uh, of your background. Sure. Um, you know, it was my mom actually came up with the original idea for Truckers Against Trafficking. It started as an initiative of our family's ministry, Chapter 61 Ministries. And, um, you know, it, none of us were in the trucking industry whatsoever. We just knew we had a really good idea and um, that we believe that the trucking industry really could make a difference if they understood this crime. And so, um, you know, I had no background in trucking. I had no background in nonprofit management. Um, just trusted the Lord with uh, to do this work and, and stepped in. Well, it's been certainly an amazing journey so far. And I think the impact you've had um, on this serious issue has been uh, tenfold. It's been amazing. Um, how would you say that the trucking industry has made an impact uh, in regards to uh, the human trafficking? Yeah, well, I would say a pretty dramatic impact, actually. Um, you know, not only um, are professional drivers out there making calls that have already led to hundreds of cases of victim recovery. So, I mean, that that's the main reason why, you know, TAD exists and why we do what we do. But... Um, the trucking industry, through through its work with Truckers Against Trafficking, has basically created a model for other modes of transportation uh, in regards to anti-trafficking initiatives. So it, we're seeing exponential uh, growth through model replication, and not just um, you know across modes. We're actually seeing you know this across um, countries as well, borders. You know, this is part of the reason why we're replicating our model in Canada. Uh, we're acting as a chief consultant, working with Mexican government in order to get Mexican professional drivers trained. Um, different countries overseas in Europe and such have contacted us in terms of, hey, what portions of your model could apply over here? Um, plus, we've been working through companies um, that have uh, partner companies that have operations here in the United States, but broader international operations. So it's it's so much bigger than, um, you know, just hey, I see something and I make a call, which is absolutely fundamental. Um, But we're talking about systems change here in regards to here's an industry and here are other modes of of transportation um, and a country and then other countries uh, who basically before Truckers Against Trafficking existed, like had had no anti-trafficking kind of initiative and now they do and and that's extremely substantial um and none of this would happen if it wasn't for the professional drivers actually stepping up and saying yeah we're going to be the eyes and ears out there 
That's amazing. So really, in essence, you're starting to connect some dots between countries and across de- uh, definitely different industry and different modes of, I'm assuming, transportation um, to, to be able to kind of achieve the goal of uh, uh, eliminating this problem on um, more of a worldwide uh, level. That's outstanding to hear. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're global yet, um, but, <laughs> but, you know, but you're working on the- it. Hey, there you go. To see the best practices at play, right? To see those best practices that that actually transcend borders, transcend modes, um, that just makes a, a huge difference in terms of in terms of impact. You know, we had a group a few years ago replicate our model for convenience stores, um, and they've seen success and impact come out of that as well. So, again, when we're talking about activating the bystander. Um, when we're talking about, you know, from a TAP perspective, raising up the largest mobile army of Eisenhears out there to discover and disrupt human trafficking networks, um, you know, again, this is this is going towards a broader systems change um, where it's it's trying to make what was once super easy for traffickers, right? Uh, these locations super easy for traffickers to exploit um, and their victims to exploit a whole heck of a lot harder. That's what we talk about when we say we want to disrupt the system. Um, and again, it, it comes back to professional drivers. It comes back to the truck stop employees, right? Saying, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to do something uh, to make a difference here. Well, and I think obviously the whole organization starts with the person and then turns into people. From mm-hmm. from a very local level and an individual level, what would you say um, are, are most important from a, a truck driver's perspective? What can they do on their own to support uh, truckers against trafficking? Yeah. Well, Tim, you're hitting the nail on the head here. It, it is a heart-mind change first. You know, I, I said when we first started this, that it, a cultural shift really had to occur, right? This shift away from a lot lizard mentality, a she's just a prostitute mentality, and toward I'm looking at a potential victim. I'm going to actually ask a question about why is this individual knocking on my door? Um, when I hear about a girl having to make a quota, when I see somebody being followed around the lot, right? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to take a second look. I'm, I'm really going to to, to dig into that backstory. That is number one fundamental essential because who wants to help a lizard, right? Who wants to help just a strung out, you know, crack whore, right? All of those horrible stereotypical words and phrases and, and attitudes really that help traffickers um, conduct business as usual because they are hoping that nobody knows and nobody cares. And so for the driver, it literally starts with a, this could be my daughter, right? Or whether or not, uh, or son, because this is also happening to boys. This is not just something uh, for girls. And this is also happening to women as well. This is, this is a, uh, this is adults. Uh, Many of them are trafficked very young, but then certainly into their adulthood. It doesn't mean, you know, just because somebody turns 18, the trafficker is like, well, you've graduated now. I'm going to let you go. Right. I mean, as long as that trafficker can make money, that's what he or she will do. So it really does start with the driver's attitude, start with the heart, start with the willingness to say, yeah, I'm, I'm not just a bystander anymore. I'm going to be activated to this. I'm going to, I'm going to play a role here and hopefully make a call or ask a question or show some human kindness um, that can help change the trajectory of this person's life. Um, so that's the fundamental start is that attitude shift and then taking action, right? I see these signs to look for. I know the number to call. Yeah, it's going to take, you know, maybe 10, 15. Sometimes the hotline takes a while, 30 minutes out of my day. But 
you know, the question, you know, you have to ask yourself is, you know, what if, you know, basically, what if I'm right? You know, we always say, don't worry if you're wrong, because you know what, if you're wrong, still, it took some time out of the day, but you know what, you're not doing any harm. The question would be, what if you're right, right? And you don't make that call, or you assume somebody else is going to make that call. Um, and, and nobody does. Well, that person now, right, is continuing in uh, abject torture, slavery, being raped up to 20 times a day, beaten if they don't make a quota. Um, you know, sometimes it's forced drug addiction. Sometimes it's all sorts of different torture kept away from their family. Sometimes it's family members that are being um, held hostage in order to make them make their quota, right? There's all types of force, fraud, and coercion. So, um, you know, if you say, I can take a few minutes out of my day to help end that for somebody, <laughs> that's, that's pretty fundamental. And that really is what TAT's all about. I, I think uh, you really raise an interesting point, Kendis, in that I, I think we, um, as drivers, and I, I speak as a former driver, we all have this tendency to kind of, um, I don't know, write our own script about the individual that might be knocking on the truck door and what their life is and who they are. And uh, you really don't know the background in the, in the sets of yeah. circumstances that surround that individual and what kind of uh, terrible position they might actually be in. If if a driver is in a position like that, what what signs would you recommend that they at least start by and start looking at? Um, what is there you know potential questions or or observations that you you can kind of illustrate that this says okay these are a couple of trigger points and here's when you should probably make that call. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a couple things that I that I did just mention. I will say one: any child any minor out there selling sex by federal definition that person is automatically a victim of sex trafficking there is no such thing as a child prostitute i don't care if she's smiling i don't care if she says she's earning money for college next year or whatever it's going to be that's a child that child needs the adults in and around her to stand up and on her behalf and make a call so any minors work in the lot selling sex um, and I'm going to say, you know, if you can't really tell, but she looks young, go with your gut, trust your gut, make that call. Um, but I would say any signs of pimp control. And so we're talking about um, an individual being followed around the lot. We're talking about a car that pulls onto the lot, drops three or four girls off, right, and then goes and parks at the end of the row. Uh, we're talking about maybe that girl knocks on the door and you get into a conversation and, and there's a mention of having to make a quota, right? She has to make an X amount of dollars. Uh, before the end of the night or there's talk about a, a daddy figure or a boyfriend role right um, again you probably that's some kind of pimp control uh, also tattoos branding those are often signs of branding um, they can be located anywhere on the body but a lot of times they're on the neck they're on the arms we've seen um, traffickers actually tattoo the inside uh, of somebody's mouth and lip um, and these are usually signs of ownership uh, money maker uh, daddy's girl um, you know, dollar signs, barcodes, right? Like they're literally products. Uh, so again, you know, those kinds of things are, are paramount. If you do get into uh, a conversation with a potential victim, you know, 
uh, do they have control of their identification or their, uh, you know, their either their driver's license or passport or wherever it may be? Um, are they actually allowed to speak for themselves? You can ask them, are you free to come and go as you please? Are you free to text and call whoever you want? Are you free to keep the money? When's the last time you've seen your family? Do you even know where you are? Because that's one of the traffics that traffickers tactics that traffickers use is they move their victims from point to point to point so that they're never in the same position long enough, right, uh, to actually form relationships, know where they are, get help. And, and when we're talking truck stops especially, um, you know, they're probably most likely on their way to be sold somewhere else. And so the trafficker is exploiting them and selling them along the way. So even just some of those kinds of basic questions to help ascertain this person really doesn't know where they are, um, you know, could be in a sign or an indication that, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's under the control of somebody else. That's uh, a lot of really great information, a lot that you can carry and very easy questions to ask and remember to ask. What mm -hmm. um, what would you say, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that you're talking a bit about the kind of the mobility of this situation and, and how these individuals get moved around. Would you say that there's areas of the country that human trafficking is more concerning than others? Are there hot spots? You know, as, as drivers, we, we, we're traveling all over the country. We get the opportunity to see it and do a lot of different things. Um, are there some areas where maybe obviously your level of awareness should always be up, but um, mm -hmm. some areas more than others that you can point at that, okay, there's, there's some definite issues in these parts of the country. Yeah, you know, I mean, wherever it's happening, it's a problem and it and it's bad. But certainly, you know, I would say uh, border states, uh, there's a lot of certainly the vast majority of sex trafficking in the United States is actually happening to American women and girls, um, and particularly disproportionately, it's women and girls of color. Um, but you also have foreign nationals that are trafficked into the United States. From a data perspective, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, year over year, the majority of calls that drivers are making are coming from primarily Texas and California. Um, and again, uh, they don't tell us, you know, exactly which cities in those states, but um, that's where a lot of those calls are coming from. That, however, uh, doesn't mean that it's not happening in other parts of the country. Um, and, you know, drivers are pretty well aware when we're at the truck shows and we're talking to them about, hey, where do you often see it? I mean, they can rattle off some of the <laughs> some of the cities where or some of the certain, you know, truck stops or, or um, hotels, motels, you know, some of those locations where where they see it quite frequently. So and certainly you have uh, traffickers that are exploiting local girls and they'll sell them at the, you know, the strip club and, you know, it's not far down the street and they'll come over to the truck stop, you know, they'll, they'll kind of work the multiple locations. So you do have sometimes the, the victims that actually live in the area. Um, and have more of a local pimp. And of course, there are some family, uh, there's familial pimping where it's literally parents who are pimping their own kids out. So, you know, it's it's a spectrum. And, and in regards to the country, it's it really is, again, a spectrum, um, you know, from where it, where you, your guys are going to see it from, like loading and unloading, um, truck stops, hotel motels, and, and whatever, um, you know, again, it, it's instead of uh, are there particular parts of the country, it's more going back to are these the signs to look for and am I seeing it? You know, there's a uh, one of our, the drivers that won our Harriet Tubman Award, he's actually a member of our Chat Advisory Committee now, is, is Arian Taylor. And he was at uh, a couple Januarys ago at 3.30 a.m. in the morning. 
um, sitting in Compton, California, at a business, looking to unload, right? 3.30 a.m., nobody's around, nobody's around. His fellow <laughs> driver, and this guy drives for Ballard Trucking out of Kentucky. And so he and his buddy, you know, he's in his truck, he's in theirs, and all of a sudden they hear like this door slam, and this this car just just screech out of there. And uh, a few minutes later, Aaron gets a knock on his door. Well, Aaron had a tat decal on his driver and passenger side door. It's our tat decal says, do you need help? It's got the hotline number on it. It's got the text line number on it. Sure enough, here's this 19-year-old. She just fought off her would-be pimp. Uh, she was actually from another state, and this guy uh, and, and a friend of his had convinced her to go with them. And, um, you know, she had no money, no ID, only the clothes on her back, scared out of her mind because, of course, he turns the tables and says, look, you're going to have to start selling yourself. You got to pay for the gas. You got to pay for the food, you know, um, none of which, of course, when he was telling her how great this trip was going to be, did he say anything remotely like this? And uh, here she was scared to death. This car was going to circle back around and get her again. 3.30 a.m. Compton, California. Hmm. And what does Arian do? Arian, you know, uh, has her come into the cab of the truck. I know there might be some safety rules and all this stuff like that, but it was an emergency situation. He turns on his heater. He gets her warm. He gets her a bottle of water. Um, he literally starts talking to her. She's able to tell the story, what's going on. Um, using the hotline number right there on his truck, um, he gives her privacy, and they, they do call the hotline together, but then when she's talking to the victim advocate, he literally gets out of his truck, and he and his buddy are keeping an eye out for that pimp to, to circle back around. Um, and in working with the hotline, they work to get her home to a nearby state the next day. And Arian says when he put her in the cab that was taken to the hotel before the next day where she was able to travel home safely, he gave her his cell phone. And he's like, you call me if you need absolutely anything else. And he, I remember he told me, he was like, and I told her, you know, I don't ever want to walk in uh, to a truck stop, but I don't want to see a truck and I don't want to see your face on the back of that. And he's like, you stay safe, make better choices um, and just know, hey, you know, there are people out there that care. And she did get home safely and she did call him the next day and tell him that and thanked him for what he did um and that's why yeah and that's why he's area temple award right uh winner so i mean it's it's that kind of thing where again um you you could be sitting out of business looking on load 3 30 a.m in the middle of nowhere come to california and you could be at a truck stop and the girls are out walking around knocking on doors you see lights flashing you hear chatter about commercial company um it's really just keeping an eye out for those signs i think rather than while i'm in this part of the country i'm going to see it because you may never you know it it may be one of those places that just stuns you um that this is happening right here and i think that is a better perspective and attitude for for a driver to take um because then he or she is always going to be on the lookout always be aware i think that's spot on i absolutely think that's spot on what a great story too um would you say um i you know I, i know from our our perspective our owners take taking a very active role uh, in terms of truckers against trafficking each individual that comes to work for for garner trucking is um, educated they go through the uh, the training program uh, and they're given that that preliminary information that we'll uh, we'll certainly share before the end of the uh, of the podcast today um, but from from that perspective uh, what can trucking company owners uh, do what? What challenges would you put forth to those that maybe aren't participating at this point? That uh, obviously it takes all of us doing our part. Um, yep. What what challenge and, and what advice would you give to those trucking company companies owners to to get more involved? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, first and foremost, um, I would ask you to to actually train your your drivers. That is absolutely fundamental. We really are working to build the largest mobile army of Eisenaires out there. We're over 1.2 million registered as TAT trained, but right, there's over 3.5 million CDO holders. We need to get them all. We need to get them all, and we need to have uh, town training just like that's kind of part of the ongoing protocol right like you come in you're a new hire and this is this is part of training and orientation this is this was a part of our company culture but certainly actually training some of those uh, you know all of the existing drivers as well so fundamentally it starts by training your folks um, beyond that there's there's all other you know all sorts of ways that carriers can engage with us in fact on our webpage we we literally on our website truckersagainsttrafficking.org um, you know, if you click under the um, the programs page, um, the second little drop down says creating company culture. And we put a page together uh, just talking about how you can create a company culture that actually values your truckers against trafficking, because it's not a one and done. Yes, you can show our our training film and it's great um but there's there are other ways how do you keep this issue front of mind and so we offer all sorts of ways for carriers to to keep doing that one is um and in conjunction with training your employees adopt and enforce an anti-trafficking in persons policy with a demand reduction focus and that's a really wor wordy way of saying hey our company is also not going to tolerate the use of company time and the use of company work product phone truck right for the purchase of commercial sex and this is really key because if there were no buyer there would be no victim right, right. and so right. part of the reason why traffickers are going to places where truckers are is because sometimes there are truckers that are buying right and so we have to the industry has to step up and say yes there are some among us who are perpetuating this crime within our industry because they are the buyers. And so a company can sit there and say, like, we're not going to tolerate that. We don't want that happening in our truck. We don't want you, you know, if, uh, the reality is, guys, if that's a victim of human trafficking, you're raping somebody in the back of your truck. That is exactly what this is because they have no freedom to get away. That is rape. <laughs> so, you know, and you are helping to perpetuate slavery. You are helping to perpetuate human slavery. So, um, you know, a company can say, you know, we don't want you, you know, I mean, you can order up a girl on Craigslist, right? You, you, get, you know, there's all sorts of websites where you can just order up human flesh, basically. Um, and so we don't want our phones being used for those purposes. We certainly don't want our tractors being used for those purposes, right? Um, or to even transport. Sometimes traffickers will recruit drivers to transport victims across state lines, right? Um, and, and this is not a blast on the trucking industry. This happens in every industry. This is the corporate, you know, corporate trucking. You go to a conference, you go to a convention, you know, the whole cats away, mice will play kind of thing like that. And you're out there and, you know, you're buying sex and all of that. You're perpetuating, you know, human trafficking. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a broader scale thing. And this happens, of course, in any industry. Um, there's bad apples in any industry. But that's something for sure that we would ask companies to do. And then you can actually use that as an ongoing training point. Um, but then you got to enforce it. <laughs> you got to enforce it. And uh, we've actually seen companies step up and do that and people losing their jobs um, because, you know, they are going in direct violation of, of those policies. That's so. Very important point. I, we have the same. Uh, we have that same sort of policy within our organization. I think that's uh, it's ex extremely important to define that right up front. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Then also, one of the things that we'd love to see companies do is ask their drivers every quarter if any of them have ever made a call on behalf of a victim of human trafficking. And if yes, we would love for you guys, especially if there was a case that it literally the driver's direct actions help either save or improve or prevent, right? Um, sex trafficking from taking place um, or sexual exploitation. So we have something, our highest award we give is our Harriet Tubman Award, and we would love to see companies nominate their drivers for a Harriet Tubman Award. Um, and we know that's not, not why, you know, people don't do it for an award, absolutely. Um, but it is good for us once a year to say, okay, this story, like the one I just told you about Arian Taylor, who won our Harriet Tubman Award, um, you know, this story, here's this case study that we all can learn from, right? Here's a member of your industry stepping up and doing the right thing. Um, and so it is great to um, put some recognition behind some of that direct action in the field. Now, all the calls and all of that to the hotline are anonymous and confidential. And we know that there are some drivers who are like, no, I, I don't want to put my name out there. This is, I want to do the right thing, but I just don't want that. We totally respect that. But we also know that there are some drivers who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with my story being told, especially if it's going to help uh, become a training point, a case study for others. So if companies can be asking drivers, right, because everything that goes to the hotline is anonymous and confidential. So we don't know who these drivers are. We know they're calling, but we don't know them. We have no access to them. So for us as an organization, it's like, oh, we really do want to honor, you know, uh, some of these actual trucker, uh, truckers against trafficking out there. Uh, so it would be really helpful if the companies could could nominate some of those guys, the, the drivers who are saying, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to, to take some recognition here for that. So that's huge. Plus, too, you know, the company can provide a certificate of recognition, right, or employee of the month award also to honor the efforts. Again, how do we create that company culture that really values anti-trafficking? This is a part of who we are as a company. This is a part of our DNA. Well, and then... Go oh, ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go no, go ahead, because I'm moving to something else, Tim. So if you want to talk <laughs> about that, okay. <laughs> well, better ask. No, I, I, um, I um, appreciate the points that you're making there. And um, you had mentioned briefly the, the website, truckersagainsttrafficking.org. Um, there's a lot of detail and a lot of information on the site. And I, there were some things that I was looking through that I thought just should be kind of highlighted and illustrated. Um, sure. the, the, first on that list, I think, would be the certified trucker program. What What is that? And, and can you give kind of a, a description of what that's all about? Yeah. So we created a an, an education portal where the driver uh, one-on-one uh, can come in, watch our video, take a short quiz, and literally have a certificate. There are some states uh, that do require that uh, for CDL renewal. We're not pursuing that in any of the other states. Trust me, we learned our lesson. But there are some states, Arkansas and Kansas, where you have to show that. Um, so we wanted to make that as easy as possible. It's completely free of charge. Um, you just go to truckersagainsttrafficking.org and you click on get certified and, and that'll take you through there. But we also know there are some drivers who want that certificate just period. They want to have it. Um, and so that's also available to them. It's available to anyone really um, who wants to come in and say, yeah, I want to be a certified TAD. I want to be a certified trucker against trafficking. Um, it's just a nice uh, way to actually have a, a piece of paper that verifies that you've taken the training. Okay. How about the man-to-man campaign? Yeah. 
Well, that goes back to what, you know, we were just talking about in terms of no buyer equals no victim. And so it's really focused around uh, addressing the issue of demand. The demand for commercial sex fuels sex trafficking, plain and simple. And so we actually, uh, in working with a couple of uh, drivers, one of them uh, who, who drives for Garner, Gary, he's fantastic, um, created a training on, on the issue of demand. And it's really... Um, the whole premise is really men talking to other men about the reality of this issue. Um, we broke it down a little bit. Uh, you, you hear uh, around some of the um, kind of the mentalities or the attitudes that help perpetuate this whole kind of, yeah, you know, uh, it's fine to buy sex and it doesn't harm anybody. And, and really all that is, is stripped away when you watch this, this film. And it's right there on our man to man page, our demand page. When you go to our website, you click on demand and the video is right there. And we created this because we were hoping that individuals, but also men's groups, um, and corporations would would take a look at and address demand, right? Um, and so this is a film also the carriers can put on their LMS, right? Make available to their drivers. Um, it makes a lot of sense, especially in conjunction with that anti-trafficking and persons policy with the demand reduction focus. Um, you know, it's not a replacement for the core training film, but it's a supplemental tool that helps drivers go a little bit deeper. But this is also one everybody should watch this one, corporate too. Um, because it is so fundamental in terms of how we as a nation have basically come to look at a whole subset of the population um, as less than exploited group of people who we can buy and sell for our own personal pleasure. It's that, it's and, that imagery, that story that we were talking about earlier that you just kind of assemble that without even knowing the situation. Exactly. And, you know, that's just not right. <laughs> so <laughs> it is a matter of saying, how do some of my attitudes or some of my thinking or even some of my actions help perpetuate, right? Keeping this whole subset, this whole um, section of the population basically enslaved. Um, and at the heart of it, it's, it's, it, it's just pure and simple exploitation. I have money, you have a need, uh, whether you are uh, you know, have a pimp or not, but you need money, you need food, you need whatever it is. Um, I will use you in a sexual way. I will exploit your body. And um, I mean, prostitution itself is exploitation. It is straight up exploitation. Um, it is somebody with a person of power um, exploiting somebody else's for their sexual gain. Um, and the other person, right, is stripped of dignity um and all sorts of other things and then if you add on a pimp or a sex trafficking component um you are helping to perpetuate not just a crime because prostitution is a crime in most places as well um but again human slavery and um one of the most uh horrific uh human rights abuses of our time appreciate that i know that uh, we're getting a little close on time today i appreciate your commitment to, to sitting with us and talking and educating us all a little bit on uh, truckers against trafficking i i would be remiss if i did not talk about one other detail 
uh, and that would be the Freedom Trailer. Uh, I know we've been pretty fortunate to uh, actually haul that trailer a few times. Uh, it's been up in Toledo, Ohio here locally. It's been here in Finley, Ohio, where we're located at a couple of different places, and, and we've been given the opportunity to be able to share that experience with anyone who's willing to, to travel through it. What would you share about that Freedom Trailer, and how, how can other trucking companies get involved with that educational tool? Yeah, the Freedom Drivers Project, 48-foot-long show trailer, mobile museum, filled with artifacts from actual survivors of human trafficking. So when you walk in, you're looking at evidence of sex trafficking cases. It's a very unique, very experiential way uh, to uh, learn about the crime of human trafficking and also action steps that anybody can take immediately walking out of that trailer. So one of the ways that companies can really help us is, like you said, donating hauls. And we love that, you know, Gardner has uh, stepped up in this in, uh, before and also, you know, had the tra trailer out to your own headquarters for your own drivers to walk through. It's awesome. Um, and so we, and I will say, this has been pretty phenomenal. We have not had to pay for a haul, I think, in a few years because companies, um, not only a lot of times they, you know, they hook their tractor, they haul it, but now we're seeing time and again is that some of the, the drivers are actually getting to volunteer their time and they'll help us also work an event, which we love. Um, so to see driver engagement like that, and we all have drivers tell us like, this was the proudest moment in their entire industry career, right? Um, hauling and, and working an event with us, which we just love to hear. Um, you know, to see that kind of driver engagement and then to, again, see the trucking industry, because certainly we do all sorts of industry events, but we do broader events. We're at the Iowa State Fair. We're uh, in front of state capitals. Um, you know, we're sometimes in schools. It's, it's, it, this trailer goes all over places. So to see the members of the trucking industry not only help get us there, but then also help volunteer and work the event is is so fantastic because again that speaks to the trucking industry's broader reach that speaks to the trucking industry standing up and saying yeah you know look at what we've been able to do as an industry you too can take action excellent um i i, I want to give you an opportunity as as we kind of talked about earlier before the call today i want to make sure that we get the, the the real needs and the asks and the nuts and bolts of what um, we can all do to help uh, truckers against trafficking uh, be successful and continue this amazing road that you guys have been on this the level of achievement we've been proud to be a part of the program and, and help and continue to educate and raise awareness for so many years now but to to watch where this has come from and where it's going to what what uh, what would be your ask today yeah, no, I appreciate you, you putting that in there. I mean, some of the things that we talked about, you know what, if you're not training, train, please train. This is life-saving work, life-saving information, you know, um, victims everywhere need it, our children need it. Um, professional drivers are in the right place at the right time. And so we've got to get this training into their hands. So it's fundamentally that. Uh, the other thing I would ask is, um, everybody, please, in, in order to put red flags at your fingertips, go into any app store and type in Truckers Against Trafficking and download our free app. All of the information that I've talked about and then some is available on that app. If you have, if, if your ELDs or your tablets are app-based, put the app on there. Um, again, that is going to keep this information uh, readily available and accessible to your drivers. And drivers, if there are any owner operators that may ever hear this, same kind of thing. Guys, please put this on your phones. Have this handy. Um, but, you know, the, the 
so that's a carrier perspective. But again, I think the the fundamental thing that all of us, uh, you know, can do and, and the biggest need out there is for us to really just care. It's for us to actually say, you know what, this is an individual who may need my help and I'm going to take time out of my life. I'm busy. I got a lot. I'm tired. I'm trying to sleep. I'm doing all this. But you know what? This could literally change the trajectory of their life. So I will take the time to get involved. I will show human kindness. I will go out of my way. I will sit on hold at the hotline. I'm so sorry that sometimes that hotline takes a while. Um, Or I'll call law enforcement. I'll go in and tell the general manager. Or I'll say a kind word to this individual. Because this is another human being who deserves my time who deserves my human kindness and this is exactly how i'd want to be treated if i found myself in this situation or my own child right so um you know at the end of the day tim it comes back to making the call and saving lives this is what it's all about Candace, I don't think you could have said that any better. Um, I, uh, Along with the app downloading, I want to remind everyone, truckersagainsttrafficking.org is the website. Again, a ton of valuable information for both just human beings, truck drivers, and for uh, company owners. Also, if uh, there is an event or you're witnessing what you feel may be one of these situations unfolding in front of you, 888-3737. 888. Very simple number to remember uh, if, if you find yourself in, in a truck stop or in some location where human trafficking or you suspect that human trafficking may be going on. Just wanted to make sure we point that out. Candace, any final words? Uh, no, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to um, cover this issue and inviting me on. And uh, just want to thank all the professional drivers out there for hauling America, uh, but also, right, for making a huge difference and helping to save lives. Thank you for what you do. Well, and I would say the same to you in reverse. We appreciate the time and dedication to such an important and real issue each and every day. So thank you. And again, we appreciate your time. Candace, thanks. And uh, this is another edition of Beyond the Cab. Beyond the Cab.